Welcome to episode 17 of the Chasing Life podcast, July 31st, 2023. I really like our intro music. I really like it. Like just the beginning part. I don't like this part. I like the... Maybe I'll pick up my bass guitar and I'll learn how to... Boom. <laughs> how are you? I'm ready for it. Ready for what? I mean, a good night's sleep, but... What's that? We're ready for yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. These boys. I wish they knew how good sleep was. How much better you feel when you have a good meal, a good sleep. Oh, dudes. They were up at 10. They were up at 11.53 last night, both of them. I had just fallen asleep, like just shut it down at 10.50. So I was just getting into like a nice deep sleep cycle. And Bo started screaming like someone lit his hair on fire. I wonder if he has nightmares. Like the way that he wakes up yeah. screaming kind of suggests to me that he has nightmares. Because he was crying ow, ow, ow in his sleep. And I think he's like, I don't know if he sleepwalked, but he certainly gets out of his bed and gets lost. Because we found him in different corners of his room before. <laughs> we found him in the closet before. Under his rocking chair. Yeah, tucked in behind his rocking chair. Lately, he's been going all the way down into the basement, or not into the basement, into the kitchen or the living room. And like, when no one's down there, just starts crying because I think he's expecting to be someone. In, yeah. He's expecting someone to be in the kitchen or the living room. And there's nobody. And when there's nobody there, he just starts screaming. And so then we have to go all the way downstairs and fetch him because he's not going to come back up. Like, but so. I was more referring to ready for bailing hay tomorrow. Yeah, we've got everything prepped and locked and loaded. And we did a practice run with the baler. And Baler's all serviced. You were going so slow and carefully. <laughs> and I was, you know, what I was thinking was this is better than going fast and shearing bolts and having to stop and getting pissed off. Like, who cares if it takes you four times as long to bail if you don't have to go through the frustration and annoyance of stopping every, you know, row. Pretty well. Breaking a shear bolt. Yeah. Because so that's what happened first cut. I had it in low gear, which was a, a, a big, like, life hack. Uh-huh. The tractor or the baler? The tractor. Mm. So that I can't go fast. Oh, I see. Okay. Because the hydrostatic yeah. like, is basically half speed of whatever. So when mm -hmm. I push it, what I was normally pushing, and now I'm just going slower. Right. And you don't really see how fast you're going because you're looking at like the intake of the baler and yeah. keeping it in line. So we, I cut the hay yesterday afternoon and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. Blue sky, puffy white clouds. The pasture is so beautiful. Everything's in flower. So there's red clover, beautiful flowers. There's like white clover, white clover, the dark purple of the trefoil. There's yellow trefoil. There's purple trefoil. There's alfalfa. You see the mix of like grass super there. dark purple alfalfa, and just like the bees and the butterflies that are all still kind of like pollinating in the pasture. It's just so idyllic. Like it's it's beautiful. So I cut probably about a third of the pasture yesterday because that's about all that we have time to, to manage. manage before we go away. And that should, that should still get us 30 or 40 bales. I think this is an ideal amount for now. And if we get back from holidays and decide that we want to do more and the pasture is still looking good, I think that we should just go yeah. ahead and, and cut, cut it in chunks as we can manage it. 
like, when you cut that yesterday, we got it all hooked up. You took off cutting, and I went about doing some other things, and the boys were up, and da 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 da. And I like it was like an hour later, and I came out, and I was I'm like, is she still cutting? Yeah, I cut. Like, I think I cut way I'm too like, much, oh but. My I cut like from where you told me to cut to the fence, but it was like, I, cause you told me to cut about 10 rows and I'm counting the rows. I'm like, man, I've already cut nine and there's still yeah. probably a, you know, a good three or four rows more to cut well, I'm, I'm on the, each side. I'm, I'm in the house looking and I can just like see peaks of the tractor out in the field. And I'm like, God, that crazy lady's still cutting freaking hay. I'm like, stop already. Did you see the smile on my face? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm smiling the whole time. But... But when I raked it today, and you rake it into proper windrows, mm -hmm. I'm like, this doesn't seem quite so unmanageable. Insurmountable. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm going to fill up a baler pretty quick. Like, I'm going to probably, the way that it is now, I think, is because we're getting better at doing it, right? Like, well, cutting it and raking it and everything. I mean, it's only our second go. So, no. there's bound to be some mistakes today, yeah. to, this this time around, too. So. But it looks... It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The I'm... rows look more consistent as my... Oh, is the I thing see. that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm looking at it from a... So as usual, I'm looking at it from a functional standpoint going like you came home from work a little bit early and raked it into windrows and it was still looking pretty heavy and, yeah. and wet. And yeah. then we went to service the baler. The clouds kind of blew in and it started raining a little bit, even though it wasn't supposed to. It started raining and there were clouds kind of covering the sky because we had looked at the sky and thought like it's just cloudy. Those don't look like rain clouds. They just look like cloud clouds and then sure enough it started raining as we were getting just the a tiny going. bit at the start and then it stopped and we were like okay cool that's fine there was like, like that's nothing mm -hmm. like didn't even get your shirt wet type of rain but we needed to spend some time with the baler because i think in addition to going too fast and breaking shear bolts because the the hay was too heavy there was some old twine that was wound up in the a spring good, steel like a good amount of it too i'm sure that that contributed to the problem Oh, yeah. Of breaking to. the shear bolts. And we don't know where it came from, whether it was on our pasture left over from our neighbor previous cutting hay and leaving some twine in the field, or if it was from the person that we bought the baler from. Yeah. I don't know. He's a pretty careful guy. It, to be honest, like it stood out. What do you mean it stood out? Like if you take a look at it, you could see that in there. Like it wasn't hiding in where it was. No. Like I don't, I, I can't imagine it was there before. Yeah. I think so, we would have noticed. Either way. Doesn't matter. Somewhere along the line, the baler picked up some twine that was really gummed up in the mm -hmm. um, spring steel that picks up the... The intake of the, the baler. The intake, yeah. That pulls the hay into the baler, into the baler drums. And so we spent some time just getting all of that out to try eliminate any problems that could arise getting that baler out onto the field because we need this cut to go smoothly we don't have a lot of time to fuck around we need this to go we just need to seamlessly. jump right to finding out yeah we don't have time to fuck around we just need to find out um so we got it all tidied like cleaned up running smooth and you got it out into the field and i cleared off the hay wagon because we had some old moldy hay like the hay that sat out in the There's field a few from, bales that got left well they got left because we didn't have bale wrap to wrap them so we just left them out in the field and then they just rotted so I, we kind of have a, a, a graveyard a, a old hay graveyard and i started to unwrap them but they hay were and chicken feathers <laughs> they were really moldy and i didn't really want to inhale all of the spores so i'm i just left them i took the twine off of them but i just kicked them out into the i'll go out with the tractor the with the bucket one day and, and just, just smash smash them. them up a little 
Next so, time I'm back there digging a hole for chicken. I, I did that to get the hay wagon emptied off and, and ready for second cut. Well, you kind of did a practice run with the baler. And we were, our, our intention was to bail today, yeah. but it was too wet. I think that like last time we did it, we cut and bailed 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. We cut it, 24 hours later, bailed it. Mm-hmm. And I think the big difference now is we hadn't had rain. Yeah. Like everything, the ground is wet now. Yeah. So it's just taken a little longer. And there was no dew in the morning. No, because it was everything was just everything that was dry. so dried. And now there's like there's a heavy dew in the morning. The grass was really wet, probably until like ten o'clock this morning when yeah. I was because I was out with the boys, <laughs> the crack of freaking yeah, so dawn. It, the dew will get off of it quicker tomorrow now that it's shorter because it stays down in the long grass. So mm-hmm. now that it's cut and laying. It'll come off quicker. So the plan is tomorrow to try to get home early again and get bailing done. So that one bale that we did make, oh. we ended up just throwing it in the back of the gator and we're going to bring it in for Ruby for feed tonight because we needed to bring in some feed for overnight. And already, like when you were forking it and putting it into her, her stall, it was already feeling like, like concerningly hot. Like to like equate that like you walked by it and you're like i could feel it on my legs yeah like you'd feel a campfire on your legs almost eh? yeah not quite that hot but no, yeah but like like noticeably warm like walking past the oven and you know that someone's left the oven on kind of yeah. radiant heat oh it was, it was pretty uh... warm so you fo- you put it into the <laughs> wheelbarrow and took it outside just in case because yeah. i won't sleep tonight if that's inside yeah. the barn we don't so. need a barn fire it's now sitting out in the middle of the Especially being so close to Ruby's stall. That would be so mm-hmm. devastating because we wouldn't be able to get out here in time to save her. I wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't. She'd be, she'd be gone before we even yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, God, that's devastating to think about. I don't like that. So we put it in the wheelbarrow and took it outside. Yeah. We moved Ruby and Lionel onto the back pasture. like Once rota- I get all the equipment out. <laughs> yeah, rotated the pasture. So um, we've been kind of trying to do a little bit better job of pasture management and using them the mower to keep it clipped down because she can't and doesn't mow it all completely down. The pasture is too big and she's only There's too many cow. choice cuts for her. Yeah. So she kind of grazes through choice stuff and leaves the tall stuff and it goes to seed and the seed heads come up and then the rest doesn't really grow. So we have to knock it down, leave it for a couple of weeks and then rotate her. Sounds like so, you need more cows. <laughs> cow math? You know, it's funny because when I suggested that at some point we're going to end up with three cows on the property, you were like, nope, we don't. I mean, and I think your, your hesitation there was not really understanding how much hay we were going to have. Right now, we don't have the time to be able to process hay fast enough to be able to get it all in right. I mean, we'll get better at that, I think. And I think like once we realize, once we get through a winter with two heads, we'll realize that we have enough. Yeah, that'll be the the big one. Yeah, I mean, we will have three because we are going to. She'll be bred and have and have calved before we ever before we get rid of Lionel. So hopefully, we're, well, there's going to be a, a period over the summer predominantly where we have three cows. Now Lionel will be out on pasture full time. We'll just leave yeah. him out there, um, and we won't have to feed him because it'll be the grass growing, and that yeah. that keeps that goes faster than. And it can. makes sense to keep him over the summer next year and keep him growing on. Yeah. free feed so to speak like out on pasture not costing us anything just being as long as possible out there until the grass season is done which is you know november. october or november and then that's when his time will come he goes to serve Lionel a different beef. Pur- different purpose um and then so even thinking about like getting ruby 
inseminated. That's going to happen soon. That's going to have to happen soon. And, you know, after talking to Jess and Jen on the weekend and talking about them shipping out their heifer to another farm to get bull bread, because they haven't been able to track a heat cycle yet. So um, they're just probably going to send her to camp. Between the cow, <laughs> between the cow and the, between the heifer and the bull. They'll figure out that they'll cycle figure it real out real quick. Yeah, yeah, they'll figure it out. So they're gonna send Daisy to camp, and so I was just kind of what, wondering, wait, what kind of camp is this? Well, I'm kind of wondering if we should do the same to Ruby. Like she's not dry though. No, no, but we could send her. We know a farm where we could send her. Maybe talk to Jen and ask if we can send her to. If I say the name, can you bleep it? No, don't say. You it. know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Which Jen I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. I mean, there's, I mean, we could take her back to Brad. Yeah. He might have, I don't know if he still has a appropriate bull for. Well, he would still have his beef. So it would be another, it would be another beef bull. Yeah. Hopefully like, the same one. Although that's a long way to take her. It's a long way to take her. That's, yeah. I don't want to do that. That's too, like, you get a two round trips out that way. Yeah. We'll talk about that's it. We'll, we'll figure it out. I just, because I'm not so sure of Ruby's heat cycle and it's such a narrow window yeah. to like call an AI tech out here and say like. Well, miss it puts you a month later. And... Yeah. And we ought to get it done. Like, you know, August is ideal. September is kind of pushing it a little bit. So. You got some searching to do. Searching? What do you mean? Researching. Oh. I mean, I know what the options are, but I just don't. Like, I just don't know what's possible. Yeah. So that's kind of what we have to think about next in the way of keeping up with things here at the farm. So last week after recording, the next Tuesday night, we checked <laughs> on the bees real quick. Yeah, and they're looking good. They're moving up a little bit, not as fast as we might have imagined that they're going to be, but that was a we just a quick little check. We kind of took out some frames and just peeked around a little bit. We didn't go through a full, like... We didn't do a full hive check. We didn't go all the way down into like the brood frames, but we took a couple frames out so you could kind of peek down in and see what they're doing. And yeah, they like and I think based on how the hive is looking, I would say it's pretty safe to say that there's lots of brood yeah. being hatched and queen, yeah, the, queens we, are doing well. Last time we did a couple of weeks ago, we added boxes, and they're not they're moving up into that a little bit, but not enough to not enough to notice, and not enough to harvest yeah. yet either. No. So. We'll, we'll let them go it's a little early. bit. And again, with all this forage out in the field that's in full bloom, it's going to be, it's going to be beautiful, honey. It's going to be so delicious. And our bee garden is in full bloom out there too. So they've got, they don't have to go far for forage. That's for sure. Oh, and every time we go by, I always look and see a couple Hi of bees, bees here and there. Mm-hmm. Like it's by the good. bee garden and whatnot. Yeah. I spent, we spent more time on this side of the fence than over by the bees. So, mm-hmm. and we had one other big project in the last week. On Tuesday. Uh, that was post, Tuesday afternoon. You posted about it. Uh, I did, yeah. You I posted, posted on our so story. So if you follow us on it. Instagram, on we would have seen our. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. What? How do? What would you? How do you call it? Our our lesson, In, our endeavor? most recent <laughs> lesson. Yeah. It, it and again, it was one of those jobs that we were putting off. I think for a while because we didn't know how it was going to go. Like we didn't. We we castrated Lionel. We castrated so, Lionel. On so we knew this had to happen. I'm like, okay, screw it. We're not gonna borrow. Like we're not gonna wait on a borrowed tool. It's forty bucks for the the premium. Um, the premium. I don't even castrating wrench, castrating I think it's pliers, a like bander. Like it's just a it's a banding tool. So it's basically just like a. It looks like a wrench almost. It's got four little prongs that both that kind of stretch out. I think 
pliers is a better yeah. word. Like, if you wanted to take it a step further, you could perhaps say vice grips. Yeah, but kinda. it looks like pliers. Yeah. So, like, and on the the head of it, it's got four, like, ninety degrees to where you would normally grip a bowl. It's got four little pegs that yeah. that all splay out in all four directions. Instead of squeezing it shut, when you squeeze it, it opens. It's got a little lock on the back of it to lock it open. So you put your little tiny. I heard one guy refer to it as a Cheerio, which yeah. is actually not a bad, a, a pretty inept, a pretty apt analogy. I think that the banding tool should also come with a hook to stretch the rubber band over the pegs, even when they're closed. Because the, I had a hard time doing that. I yeah. had a hard time getting the band over the pegs, even when it was closed. It, it is showing. a very small band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. So you basically put it on, open it up, lock the thing open, and then you have to get your cow ready. So I went and got the tool on the way home on Tuesday and I came home and I came in the house and I said, are you ready? And I was folding laundry. I your, was not ready. And your reply was, we're doing this? Yeah. Like right now? Yeah. I was like, as opposed to... I'm like, do you have friends coming to help us? Like, he's like, like who? And I thought of the two biggest, strongest people that we know because I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to, it was going to be very difficult, like yeah. to get Lionel calm enough to be able to do that but so we got a rope around his neck okay let's not rush past that word in picture because that was hilarious yeah so when you got your new straw cowboy hat your summer cowboy hat you also bought yourself a calf rope like a lasso yep yep i certainly did And and i have spent zero time practicing with it you thought that you were going to be skilled enough to be able to rope Lionel with, I mean, with the, the I, rope. I, I was under no assumption that I was going to go throw a lasso around him at distance and be able to pull him down. So I think that we maybe uh, had expectations of being able to rope him and bring him into the <laughs> barn and do it, do the procedure in the barn. But that's not the way it went down. Not even a little bit. So Ruby got out. Well, Ruby got in. Ruby got into the barn. Lionel was still ripping around outside being a dink. And so we kind of got them flip-flopped. And Ruby was still in the barn. And I came out to kind of help switch things around. And you were stomping around in the shelter, like almost up to your ankles in what does not smell like mud, trying to get the calf to walk into the loop of the rope. And it was the funniest thing I had ever seen with your bright white calving rope, like your bright white lasso, your bright white straw hat, stomping around trying to get this calf to walk into the rope. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And so anyway, we got Ruby. She came back out. Yeah. We got the rope on him. We were trying to get him in the barn. She ended up into the shelter. shelter, so we just closed the door so she was locked into the shelter, which mm-hmm. was a, kind of a, a good option. And fi- we're quickly going like, we're not going to get him in there. Like, he's, I don't know, 200 pounds now. Oh, at least. And he's got leverage on you because he's got four legs and he knows how to use his weight. Yeah. So finally we just said like, And I don't, it. like that rope wrapped around his neck, like he's going to choke himself. I like, don't, I think much like a dog, I don't think you can choke them like that. Man, I don't, I don't want to find out. He's <laughs> huffing and puffing, so... We so we ended up just getting close to him because you could get close to him. That's not the end of I the world. I think I ended up getting the rope around his neck. I, I don't remember how that happened. But. <laughs> so we got him close. So uh, basically held him down, got him close. We wrapped his front two legs up with twine and basically just laid him down. 
and rather gently, not like you would see at the rodeo. We were far more gentle than that. Yeah. Laid him down. I tried to get his back leg in, but the way that that works, you can't really get his back leg in. So this is why when you at the rodeo, when you see him, it's the two back legs and one front leg because the, the rope goes around there. The oh, way that their legs are shaped, you, yeah. can't get the, you can't get the two fronts and a back in. Didn't we have it like that? No, we had two, oh. the two front legs tied together. And all I did was grab his back leg oh. and bring it up and hold it with his two front legs. But oh, it wasn't I thought tied you in. had it tied. It wasn't tied in. But that was enough to get his um, <clears throat> access to the important areas. Yeah. And he was chill. Yeah, as soon like, as you laid he, him down, he was the fine. The tool was like, in the barn because we were planning on getting him inside. So yeah. you still had to run back inside. I mean, not far, but still. Yeah. Like, I'm pin, I get this thing pinned down. I'm like, hurry up and get in there. And like, turns out like you didn't need fine. to because yeah. he just chilled out and was laying there. Not too not too upset about it. Yeah. The biggest, the, then the biggest um, <laughs> priority was making sure that you had both testicles. Which is not as easy as you might think. So like counting to two and like every time you grabbed a hold of his fuzzy little nut bag, one of them would like, whoop, like suck back in. Because the band, even with the, the tool open, the band, like you can't fit them both through. It's not like you just like. No. It's not like they're just kind of hanging there and you slide the thing over top of it. You still had to do a little finagling to get it in there. Yeah, you still had to like, kind of pull the pop, scrotum. Pop, pop, one, two. Pull the scrotum through and make sure you had both nuts before you... And I was kind of anticipating like when I popped the lock off of the handle of the banding tool that it would just like snap and go around. But that was pretty anticlimactic. I was really hoping that that would happen, but I had to like pull the band off of the pegs. Like roll it up a little. Yeah, and like snap it onto his his scrotum and but we got her done and he stood up and kind of gave one little buck yep. and off he ran like not much else had happened we sprayed him with blue coat first yeah, yeah that's right sprayed him with the antiseptic spray to make sure that everything you know with it being summer and fly season we don't want his nuts to get infested with flies why are you giggling what did we spray on him blue coat on his what on his bag would you say he's got a case of blue balls? Well, yes, most definitely. Not anymore. No, they're pretty. They're pretty surely. I don't think it, like balls doesn't justify what's happening to the back end of his unit anymore. It's uh, it's pretty shriveled up after a week. So yep. should be dropping any day now. Yep. So another big job off the list. Lionel, he's a steer now. If you need any, if anybody needs any help. <laughs> we are not your people <laughs> we'll watch we'll run the camera <laughs> we did have somebody run the camera so olivia. i said to olivia i'm like can you come out and film this yeah she's kind of like mm. like there's not going to be any blood like it's not going to be yeah we worry. didn't we didn't cut we just banded so although i'm still having flashbacks of watching that one yeah that? i don't I don't really... Just think... a Few Acres is the name of the YouTube channel that we watched a video. Given for. how easy banding is, and now we have the tool, and a hundred... Sorry, 99 <laughs> bands. You can't buy one band. They come in packs of... <laughs> they're $3 for a pack of 100, so I ended up with a 100. So we've got 99 more uh, more, more bull calves. Probably so. 98, because Hudson was... We tried to band um, one of his little Paw Patrol toys, because he was asking about the how the tool worked, and I was showing him, and... We tried to to put one around Rubble's neck, so we put Rubble through the the banding tool. So I don't know what happened to that band that was on the tool. So we we might be I, I we might have ninety eight. I don't think it's a problem. 
Um, and then we had a pretty in-depth conversation about scrotums and testicles. And he pantsed himself in the milk house and said, is this my scrotum? I said, yes, buddy, that's your scrotum. Are you going to put a band on it? No, buddy, I'm not going to band your scrotum. And do not do it yourself, sir. <laughs> you, I mean, this kid is all about the anatomy. Like today, he we bought a, a bouncy castle for Bo for his birthday. And we were playing in the, the ball pit portion of the bouncy castle. And I'm, it, it, I'm, I'm waiting to hear where this is going. It happened really quickly. You, did you see my Instagram story? He put the balls underneath his shirt. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. He put the balls underneath my shirt and said, Mommy, milk my boobies. Like, Come on, man. Like two minutes after I put the balls in the ball pit, he's like. Boys he's are, a little boy. Boys are, boys are weird. Anything else you had there to talk to, or are we going to have a short episode today? Um, yeah, I've got a few things on my list. I made herb balls oh, for Ruby tonight. So, given that she was not feeling so well about a month or so ago, um, I wanted to do like a little bit of a deworming parasite cleanse for her. And um, the the family milk cow course that we did, the Vaughn Family Farm, they they do this every full moon. So they do a, um, an herb ball for their cattle every full moon. So the day before, the day of, and the day after the full moon, they give their their cattle. I don't know if they do all of their livestock or if they just do the cows. So I saw you making it. Like yeah. I saw you starting to make it. I didn't yeah. see the end result. So like, is it just like, is it a one big ball that you just give them? So or? I divide, I did triple the recipe. And then after I was done mixing it in the bowl, I just Split kind of like divided it into thirds and I didn't actually roll it into a ball like she does, um, in the video. I just kind of left it loose and I mixed it in with Ruby's grain. Um, but I noticed that she hasn't touched it. So. so how would you get him to eat it as a ball? <laughs> I don't know. I think you just like bank, maybe roll it in chicken feed. <laughs> Mix it in with her chicken. If it's still there in the morning, just mix it in her chicken feed in her. Uh... Well, I mixed it in with her feed. So I took the third of the mixture, like I hadn't compacted it and rolled it into a ball. So I just took a third of the mixture and yeah. put it in with her grain and stirred it. Okay. So it's all mixed in with her grain right now. That'll like be her, her grain in her stanchion tomorrow. She's. Well, get, good luck getting it out of that feed bin to get it into her stanchion. That is one thing about those feed bins that I. Yeah, it's screwed into the corner, no so to, you'd have to unscrew no it. I was taking it out. So what's in the herb ball? So there's two different herbs. Like one is called a GI soother and the other one is a dewormer. Um, I, it's a mixture of herbs like ginger and turmeric. And, do you want me to go get it and read the ingredients? Oh, you bought like a product of herbs. Yeah, yeah. I'll go okay. get it. Hold on. Do, 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 this episode of the Chasing Life podcast is brought to you by The Leaf and Anchor, London's newest fake bar. Join us for Taco Tuesday, Friday Night Dart League, and for a limited time, get a free koozie when you mention this podcast. Leaf and Anchor, real merch, fake bar. Ad break. Oh, I do have bumpers too. And we're back. So these were the products that I ordered um, and had shipped to the States a couple of weeks ago. So one of them is, they're from Fur Meadows is the name of the farm. And the deworming supplement. Um, it definitely smells like. Yeah. Herbs. So it's, it's, it's all natural um, plants 
um, and there's no uh, like withholding period so you don't have to withhold milk after you use this so the dewormer has uh, mullein leaf thyme leaf ginger root fennel garlic bulb hyssop leaf clove bud cayenne pepper fruit wormwood leaf and herb so that's the dewormer one gi soother and then the gi soother one is more like a um like probiotic just kind of support for the deworming process and i think because you know it's like anti-parasitic because we had her you know grazing so close to the chickens and that wasn't even though we have her milking well i just want to make sure that she's supported and and healing everything that she needs to heal so this one is the gi soother and it has cinnamon bark ginger root turmeric slippery elm clove bud mullein leaf cayenne pepper so it has some of the same ones as the um the dewormer so i mixed um i did triple the recipe so for her body weight um it's per per dose is two tablespoons per 800 to 1400 pounds so I did six tablespoons of each one. And then I mixed it with some oats, like just some oatmeal. like Literally from the kitchen? From the kitchen, yeah. I brought a couple cups out to the milk room. And then um, just mixed it with some molasses to make it stick together. And I actually added a little bit of water too because the molasses was... Super thick. It's really thick. So, And then I added a little bit of salt. And then I just kind of like... And then I stuck it in the fridge in the milk room. So I think maybe when I feed it to her tomorrow, I'll try to like work it into a ball. But I don't know that that's going to make that much of a difference. Like <laughs> if it's mixed into her feed or if it's in a ball, like either way, she's going to she's gonna eat it. So hopefully she'll eat it um, because that, I mean, I went to pretty great lengths to get these herbs for her. So that ungrateful heifer better, better take her medicine. They don't ship to Canada. They don't ship to There's Canada. nothing in no. that that wouldn't... I mean, they just choose not to. There's nothing in there that's controlled. Yeah, I think it's just, they just don't have international shipping. And I, some of the other stuff that I got is the same idea. Like, it's um, mastitis support, but it's all, like, herbal stuff, like garlic and turmeric and... Yeah. So, that's that. I made herb balls for Ruby. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, we had dinner... A beautiful dinner last night oh, with that's right. so much from our garden between our garden and mulberry moon i would say 95 percent of the food that was on our plates last night came from like either our farm or their farm mm-hmm. so and then the meat was actually not was from a local yeah so the meat well. was from cahill farms which is not so far from where we are um it's the, they have Angus beef there as well as Longhorn beef, and the butcher that we got that from said that it's um it's the Angus beef that that they're butchering right now. So I have some steaks on order that I'm kind of hoping co- arrive before we leave for the cottage because they'd be nice to have for dinner, a nice special dinner one night. But yeah, local grass-fed beef. I made a cucumber salad. I did some beets. I dug up some potatoes. They were delicious. They were so beautiful, like beautiful pink flesh and like 
the the texture I don't know like maybe it's just because they came out of the ground and like onto the plate but the texture of the potato was so creamy like they were delicious I mean they are still new potatoes too yeah like and not, I roasted them, them out or... no and I roasted them the way that I always roast potatoes like olive oil salt pepper rosemary it's my favorite way to make pe- um, roasted potatoes I pulled some carrots did I say beets already yeah beets um, some green beans. Yeah. There was some broccoli in the fridge. Pur- purple beans. Yeah, purple beans that when I steamed them, they turned green. Um, some broccoli that was left over. Some tomatoes. Had a tomato basil salad. So the cheese. The basil? Yeah. The basil's from our garden? So the cheese, the meat, and the the stuffed mushrooms were the only things that, that didn't come yeah, from. those stuffed plate. mushrooms. Oh, man. If you guys ever go to BJ's Country Market in Delaware... You got to get the Olmos Kitchen stuffed mushrooms. They are like, they would be easy enough to make, I'm sure. But they're so delicious. I love them. The only thing that I think that they could use that I think the farm boy ones have that the Olmos Kitchen ones don't is bacon. Yeah. I think the the farm boy ones have bacon. The farm boy ones use the big mushrooms though. Portobello, yeah. And I think Olmos Kitchen used to as well, but I think maybe they just have a hard time getting them. They have a hard time getting them in. Because they're all little button mushrooms. Yeah, but they're equally delicious. You just pop right in your mouth. And... Yeah. And then I also made um, some jars of pickles and beets yeah. on, was that Friday? That was Friday. That was Friday night that I did that. So our cucumbers are just going gangbusters. And I probably, with all of the rain, they're just like, they There's love it. How more out there yeah. again ready to be harvested again so like we said last week i think all of the viney things the cucumbers the squash the watermelon oh there's a giant squash like it's, there's a couple of them it's like you know well big as big as two fists almost yeah i was driving we, me and the boys were driving around in there. careful you don't run over them because there's one watermelon that's kind of at the edge of that row and i don't hit it with the gator i yeah. will definitely cry if you run over that with the gator because um, you're not gonna have enough watermelon i'm i love watermelon Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Cucumbers. Oh, so all we, the viney things. Yeah, and the cucumbers are just going nuts. So I probably harvested like six or eight pounds, like not even exaggerating, of cucumbers. And I made pickles. I don't think I had enough dill. We didn't grow dill this year. So um, lesson learned: if you grow cucumbers, always grow dill. I wonder if that's a good companion plant. Maybe. I found that a lot of times when it comes to herbs and vegetables that a lot of times the ones that we like to eat together are also companion plants that grow well together. Yeah. Sounds Basil like, and tomatoes. Sounds like you have some research to do. <laughs> Searching. Um, so yeah, we didn't have enough dill and I don't think that the pickles are dilly enough, but they're pretty good. I made sliced pickles for hamburgers and I made pickle spears for munching. And hopefully, and I actually used some of, so the pickling lime that we used for glassing our eggs, I also used in the pickles this time because apparently that's a um, little life hack for crunchy pickles and, and a grape leaf. I so I say, are you willing to share your secret? Yeah. So even like a wild grape leaf, the tannins in, I don't know what it is exactly. I say tannins, but I don't know if that's true. Um, I wonder if it's the wild yeast. I don't know what it is. Because I wash them before I put them in. Um, A grape leaf in your pickles will help keep them crunchy. You can use that little hack for anything that you pickle. Beans. Anything you want crunchy. Mm -hmm. 
So I did that in addition to the pickling lime. So hopefully that keeps them crunchy. There was one jar that didn't seal. So we have that one in the fridge and they're pretty tasty. They've only been in there since Friday. So they got some more like soaking in of the flavors to do. But so far they taste pretty great. So we've got eight jars of pickles already put up and a jar of beets put up. So I look forward to having midwinter pickles. Mm-hmm. I look forward to having midwinter blueberries and strawberries. You got to get that freeze dryer hooked yeah. up. It seems like such a waste. Like we, it was like such a hurry up to get that piece of equipment in so that we could hit berry we, season. And We were coincidentally there. All right. But like, like then yes. we were so excited about berry season and berry season is going to go fast. And yeah. pretty soon it's going to be peach season. Freeze dried peaches. What do you think they taste like? I don't know. I had um, some freeze-dried strawberries. Cass gave me some from Jen and Jess, and they were delicious, but they got stuck in my teeth. Yeah, they're... they're I don't like I don't know, so They're sticky. Like when yeah. You, they're probably best off to, like, rehydrate or throw Maybe. them into, like, pancakes. But they'd be mushy when you rehydrate them. They would if you're fro- if you froze them, too. Yeah, but you couldn't put... Yeah, frozen strawberries, you can just throw into a smoothie or whatever, but... Yeah dehydrated strawberries i suppose you could bake them into things and they'd be they'd be tasty strawberry muffins in january that'd be yummy even like blueberries and stuff so we have a couple of trays of berries in the freezer ready in queue to go to the yeah so um that's all that's on my list is there anything that you wanted to talk about no i think uh i used to come in pretty pretty unprepared (laughs) <laughs> really <laughs> no way um we're going away next week what are you looking forward to the most i'm interested to see what the, how the boys do in a canoe mm-hmm. i am not interested in seeing how the boys do in a canoe <laughs> i'm not in I, uh <laughs> have to tie a rope on the canoe so that if it goes on down we can <laughs> retrieve it I don't know. Um, I mean, it'd be fun playing with them. and If we could get them to... We gotta run them hard. I'm looking forward to swimming in the lake. Yeah. There's something, the about, and... there's something about swimming in the lake. Hey, uh, Lucy's allowed to come to this cottage, right? Yes. Okay. I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, shit, I hope the dog can come because I don't have... We have to remember to bring the crate. We should yeah. crate her in the house when we don't... When we, if we go out without her. She'll be fine. She's a good girl. I will worry that she's going to get into something the whole time. I'm just stick her in a bathroom or something. Just bring the crate. It folds mm-hmm. down. She doesn't mind. She hasn't been in... Well, her crate smells like chicken blood. What do you mean no well, one bring does? the little one. She's chonky. She doesn't <laughs> yeah, fit you're in right. the little crate. <laughs> she, when, even when she was full grown, she fit in the crate, but I'm not sure she would now. She's a big fat fatty. <laughs> we need to get her working. Yeah. But she's going to have fun, like jumping off the dock into the water and going oh. for a swim. She'll have such a fun time. Think she'll go in the canoe with us? Mm, no, I don't know. She's she's still a little too high strung for that. I don't care for fishing much, but I'm actually looking forward to going out in the canoe and like with the boys throwing a line in the water. Yeah. Like, Do you think I, you'll catch anything? I hope we don't. <laughs> actually, up there. Up there, yeah. Because I think it would be really neat for Hudson and Bo to go fishing out there and pull in a fish. Fun. Because they love it. And then your dad's cousin, Fred, is going to be here from Holland for a family wedding that we aren't going to. (laughs) 
um, because we weren't invited. Like we're not going because we weren't invited. Like big giant Dutch families, it's not unusual for every cousin to not be invited. We kind of made that rule way back when cousins started getting married. The family just kind of went like, we don't have to invite cousins, right? Yeah, like enough is enough. Like I think I have thirty cousins on my side of the family. Like it, plus their significant others that doubles the guest list pretty quickly yeah. so i'm not offended that we no. weren't invited to this wedding but um your dad's cousin is coming coming from holland and he's going to be here for the time that we're at the cottage so we invited them to come and join us for a night and so they're going to come up that, i don't think ruby likes her her uh your new balls she's, i think it's lionel actually butting the head <laughs> the water bucket dork um yeah, so Fred's coming up for a night, and that'll be nice because it's always it's always so nice to see him when he comes for a visit. Something special about family coming from abroad to come and I, hang out. I don't out. know if you've ever like sat around a campfire with him. Um, not a campfire, but like we've we've had plenty of opportunities for conversation. Like he spent a fair bit of time here last summer when yeah. we were renovating the kitchen, and we sat outside, and yeah. he was here before you and your dad went to Holland. So yeah. he was here for a visit to. Kind of specifically talk about the trip because we used to do the labor day thing yeah no i never like, we literally would just like for three nights just sit or literally sit around a campfire drinking beer and mm-hmm. so it would be fun to do that there won't it's be been... a lot of beer drinking going on but <laughs> <laughs> we don't drink anymore like i mean they'll probably drink like your dad and fred will probably I'll drink a couple but beers i yeah i i will have my traditional one strong beer and then four non-alcoholic beers afterwards yeah I don't, I like, it sucks because I really do drink, enjoy drinking wine. I enjoy wine. We have some beautiful bottles, but I just, I can't do it. The way it makes me feel the next day is just not worth it. It Not until we're sleeping again. I don't even know that that's the problem. I think it's just, I'm old and my liver is withered. And there's the name for this episode. <laughs> Sherry's withered liver. <laughs> I promise I'm hydrated. Like I, I've been drinking a lot of water. Element is the thing. Elements. I mean, I haven't been able to drink since I started using element. So maybe it's element's fault that I can't drink <sighs> wine. I wasn't going to blame it on that. But I was going to give element the credit for you drinking water because you never drank water till we no, started. No, I just said today, like in class, I just guzzled a bunch of water. I'm, I was coaching and it's how good is element y'all because everybody was everybody in the gym is drinking element right now we need to put in another order because all we have left is a couple of boxes of watermelon um and everybody like yeah it's so good I said I, I never drank water before element so cheers you to would it. leave with a water bottle in the morning mm-hmm. and you would come home and it was maybe opened once mm-hmm. yep I was I'm not very good at drinking water um Thanks to Raw Wolf and LMNT, I drink water. Drinkelement.com. It's good stuff. They're not a sponsor. No, but... Cool if they were. It'd be a lot cooler if they were. What did I see them sponsoring? A bowl. That's right. Riding Salty. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know this. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, There was a picture of Rob and... What's his wife's name? Nikki. Nikki. um, In front of the trailer. I was almost going to say Amy, but that's... Josh Everett's wife. Yeah. All right, then. I think that's her. All righty. Bye. Have a good night.